0: Welcome to Epiphany Fellowship's podcast, where our goal is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. We pray that you are blessed and encouraged by today's message and will allow the word of God to dwell in you richly. They also went crazy and gave me the, 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 speaker, the conference speaker mic, you know, so I'm hands-free Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation style up here. I ain't doing none of of all the moves though, but we're going to, I ain't going to do it to him. I ain't going to do it. Um, We're going to be in Psalm 106 as is our tradition. Please stand. We're going to read Psalm 106 verses 1 to 13. Psalm 106 verses 1 to 13. One, two, three, read. They soon forgot his works and would not wait for his counsel. They soon forgot his works and would not wait for his counsel. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Move me out of the way. Um, Just speak your truth, God, to your people. Make hearts and ears and minds fertile to receive your truth. Um, Speak to us, God, today. Work in a mighty way through us so that we're not just hearing a message today, but we can apply to our lives and we can live and we can obey you and we can trust your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, you can be seated. I'm not Pastor E. I'm Mac. So if you came for Pastor E today, sorry. You got me today. Um, we are uh, going to talk about the faithfulness of God. This is a case study of what not to do. <laughs> what not to do. Um, I have, me and my wife have three small kids. Uh, Well, one's not so small anymore, but 12 years old, seven years old, five years old. Uh, My house is never a dull moment. They wild and crazy, especially if y'all know my kids. Um, Yes, you're one of them, talking about you. Um, (laughs) But, um, uh, you know, whenever, If they falter, if they're disobedient, uh, if they do childish things, uh, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. We know that. They need correction. They need discipline quite often. So I kind of default to more the disciplinarian in the house. My wife's the nurturer. She makes sure we're all alive and have clean clothes and are fed and everything. I default to... Uh, a little, I'm a little bit more stern. So whenever my kids go off track, I'm quick to, in love, but I'm quick to correct and and deal with them in that fashion. Um, uh, But I try to be uh, even-keeled and fair. So whenever they have successes or they do well or they're obedient, I make sure that I address that too. Um, And so uh, this happened recently with our youngest, who is five, is in kindergarten. And um, he got this uh, Spotlight Student of the Month type award. Not granted, it's kindergarten, but still, (laughs) I'm proud because if you would have known what pre-K was like, (laughs) (laughs) that's a whole other story. But at any rate, um, you know, so uh, the mayor sent him a letter and certificate or something like that, and he got to eat with the principal and, you know, along along with the other Spotlight students and other grades of the month. And so... Um, It was a big deal, and he had come such a long way from the year prior. So I wanted to make sure that I told him, hey, look, good job. I know I get on you guys when you do wrong, but you did well. I am super, super proud of you. I think it's reward time. He's getting hyped, you know. And so, usually for for my kids, especially the younger ones, what that means is a trip to Walmart or Target. (laughs) a toy, you know, a toy in a toy aisle, not, not the expensive Christmas level, you know, I'm saying, you stay in this aisle right here, <laughs> the, the, the red or yellow clearance tag, John, you know, we get, but it's going, you know, I'm going to, re- I'm going to you know, reward you. And, and for them, you know, it's the excitement of, Dad, take him to the store, i am earned this, we get this, and I, I, you know, the whole looking at everything and picking something out, right? So, um, in this case, though, I had intended to go to the store, get him something to try to put a lid on what he could spend. And so I was going to pick something out and bring it to him. And I let him know that. The week was busy, it was crazy, Uh, you know, on top of I forgot, I did not have time. So I come through the door and my kids generally and I come home, it's crazy. The little ones, they rip up pieces of paper and throw it up in the air like it's confetti and stuff. (laughs) We didn't win a championship. And clean this mess up. But, you know, so I come in, that happens. And then the youngest one, who won his Spotlight of the, uh, of the Month student award, uh, Dad, uh, where's the gift? Ooh, I forgot, right? But I'm going to get you the gift. And the one thing kids say at that time is they say, but you promised. You said you were going to, to do this. You promised. And You know, they say it with the old kid voice. So... You know, I had, I was well intentioned. I meant to get him the gift. I was very well intentioned. I I was super proud of him. If I had had the time to get the gift, if I had not forgotten and and, and succumbed to my human frailties, I would have gotten the gift. I didn't get the gift and I failed. I faltered. This is what humans do. We are not faithful. We're going to talk about someone who is faithful. Um, I'm not as faithful as I like to be. Um, Unfortunately, I've heard. But you promised far too many times, uh, far too many times. In that regard, I'm not like God, right? I'm, I'm, I'm more like, uh, I guess, what we're all here. I'm, I'm human, right? So I falter. I fail. Anybody in here fail or falter at all? I don't think. Maybe not enough. Of it. Well, y'all better than me. Y'all never broke promises to yourself. Right? Or you never broke the New Year's resolutions, right? You know that gym membership you got? <laughs> So <laughs> you, bro- you broke your little resolution. Or you never said, I'll never do it again. And then you do it again. Right? Um, you've never maybe, in my case, sometimes, you know, you, you threaten to uh, uh, give punitive action or discipline to your kids and you don't follow through. And then they think you're soft. So they don't believe you. And then they act up more. Right? Or um, maybe you all better than me. You never stood, stood in a worship service and, and sang, I surrender all, or made a commitment to God, and then by 5 p.m. that evening, you, you have forgotten God and forsaken God. Generally, we are not faithful. Maybe I'm not speaking for you. I'll speak for me. Psalm 106 is uh, this, this, this historical chronology that, that summarizes um, and references what happens in the book of Exodus and the book of Numbers about the children of Israel. Now, it's very similar to Psalm 78 and Psalm 105. Psalm 105 is kind of like the, um, the, the, the brighter side of this, talks mostly about God's faithfulness. Psalm 106 uh, talks about God's faithfulness, but has a heavy focus on after he was faithful, uh, the children of Israel not being faithful. Psalm 78 very similar. Um, It's about uh, the the people of God getting out of captivity in Egypt, and subsequent to them uh, getting out and making it out, um, they start wilding out. Uh, The narrative is found in in Exodus and Numbers, like I said, so if you ever want to read it, go and check it out. Um, But we do what we are prone to do as humans. We forget, especially we forget God's faithfulness. Um, Before we go further, though, I want to make sure that we're all on the same level and that we're speaking about uh, the faithfulness of, of God and we understand the same terms so that we're not talking past each other. I'm not talking past anyone so that we know what we're talking about when I say the term faithful. Uh, I think we might have uh, a definition up there. Um, according to Merriam-Webster, though, and it may not be up there, but I'll read it in case it's not. Um, faithfulness is steadfast, means steadfast in affection or allegiance as in being loyal, as in a faithful friend, right? You know you got a ride or die, right? Or two of them, right? A couple of them. You got a circle of, of acquaintances, then you got friends, and then you got your peoples, right? And, and especially if you're a believer in here, because I got a couple of the people that say that they'll pray for you and you know that they'll pray for you. I got a friend that I know when he says he'll pray for me, generally that prayer, because he's an early riser, very disciplined person, 4 or 5 a.m., He's going to be praying for me, and it gives me comfort because I know that as much as humanly possible, he's going to be there for me steadfast, right? Um, It can also mean firm in adherence to promises or in observance of duty, right? So like a faithful employee or think um, a soldier in an army, someone who is faithful to an obligation, right? It can also mean given with strong assurance as in binding, right? Like a faithful promise. Right. Uh, There are words that are synonymous uh, with the term faithful, like dependable, uh, devoted, resolute, steadfast, true, trustworthy, constant, firm, steady, incorruptible, sure, tried and true, unchanging, unswerving, unwavering. Sounds like somebody I know. Right. Not me. Um, there are also several Hebrew words that kind of point to this idea of faithful or faithfulness. I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but I've done a little bit of research. And uh, faithfulness uh, points to, in Hebrew, a few terms. And when boiled down, they can mean similar things. But emun or emuna or Amon points to uh, something or someone that is uh, firm or steadfast, or so the term, the idea is rooted, something that is meant to be immovable because it's purpose to be leaned on, right? It's purpose to be, uh, um, uh, you're supposed to rely on it so that um, if it doesn't fall, you won't fall. So, we're going to go over a couple of points today. The first point is uh, going to be on God's faithfulness, the faithfulness of God. Now, we're going to park in for a little bit Spend probably less time on on the latter points because, well, we're talking about the faithfulness of God. We could be there forever. So, but for the purpose of the sermon, we're going to have to park here for a little bit. All right. The faithfulness or faithfulness is an attribute as well as an aspect of God's nature. All right. It points to the firmness or constancy of God, especially so in relating to humans and even more especially so in relating to the humans that are considered to be his people. All right. Um, it is connected to other attributes of his. He is constant and faithful in keeping his promises. Therefore, he is worthy of trust. In a minute, we're going to get to some other attributes, not all of his attributes, but ones that we can readily see connected to the faithfulness of God and see how they work in concert to give us more reason to trust in him. Now, before we get there, though, getting a good grasp on God's faithfulness sometimes requires um, a contrast for us to be able to understand. Right. So whenever you're talking about contrast between God and man, it's always best to, to start off with God because he is the standard. Right. And then we can end with man and then you can see the gap. For example. Right. In order to 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 probably even get a good grasp and come to repentance, it's good to first understand, at least as best we can, the holiness of God. Right. That's just starting point right? You don't start with how foul you are, sinful you are. You start with the holiness of God. If you, don't, if you just look at, at your depravity or your sinfulness, um, you can compare it to someone else's and feel that you're not as bad, right? You have to have a standard to adhere to, right? So you start with God's holiness, all right? And even though he's close and intimate with each one of us, he's still this high and lofty and lifted up in, in otherness That's there's there's something other, you know, there's something else about him, right? So, so he's holy, and then you say, man, he's righteous. He's got all these things popping, and then I'm here. And then you look here, and then you look here, and you're like, man. And you look here, and you look here again, and the gap probably becomes wider. And, you, and the more you realize, the more you say, you know what? I need to repent. Because now you are aware of the gap, at least increasingly aware, and this happens throughout the Christian life, of the gap between God and man. So it's the same thing with faithfulness, right? You start off not with your faithfulness or lack thereof. You start off with God's faithfulness, right? So God is faithful. That's the baseline, right? And then you run down the litany of the things he's been faithful uh, regarding or, or faithful about in Scripture or in your own personal life, right, or in others' lives. And then you say, man, he's faithful, man, I'm not. Man, he's faithful. He did this, he did this, he did this. I did this, I did this. I can't even get my kid the gift for the spotlight student, right? Um, And and I was well-intended, right? I had every intention to do so. So it's important for us to understand God's attributes, especially when we can see it contrasted with how we don't match up to that. We have to juxtapose them both, right? Uh, the term faithfulness doesn't mean that God is full of faith, not faithfulness as if, as if uh, he needs faith. It's, it means that he's worthy of faith, right? He is uh, deserving of trust, deserving of faith, right? Because he has proved that he is firm, he's deserving to be leaned on. That's the whole purpose. That's the idea of the faithfulness of God. Um, he is worthy and deserving of faith and trust, um, faithfulness also at its core, you want to think of it as um, uh, more like a marriage between uh, actions and promises, All right? right? So, so you have f- the idea of faithfulness isn't that God just promises something, right? It's not just an empty promise. It's also not just random acts, yeah. right? Uh, the faithfulness of God operates generally in the order of operations. He, he decrees because he's powerful, we'll talk about that later. Um, and then, well, well, first he plans, then he decrees and promises, and then he has an act to follow it up. And he does this consistently and backs himself up so that his track record is nice and long, like one of them, them CBS receipts, you know what I'm saying? Like, just, <laughs> it, his resume is thorough. Well, y'all ever, you ever did a job search, right? And, and, and somebody who, who was helping somebody with a resume will say, well, this is strong. This is not as strong. You want to you wanna cut this out, right? You, you, you want to maybe add this. If you're dealing with, you know, somebody who's not as honest, they'll tell you to embellish. But, you know, you, 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 you want to cut it down because you want to make something that is presentable. Well, in the case of God, there's nothing that can really be cut from his resume. Everything that he has done and he, and he does is super big. Um, there's nothing that is in there that is embellished. As a matter of fact, most of what is in his resume is often not given enough credit to him for, right? We we belittle a lot of things that he does and has done. So his faithfulness is based on his track record. It's the marriage of his promises and his actions. They go together, all right? God's faithfulness is inextricably tied to his attributes. Let's get to this idea of attributes. His character and his nature. This gives us more reason to trust God and lean into his faithfulness. God has many attributes. I'll just start with a few. Right. We're not going to go. He's too inexhaustible. So we're not going to go over all of his attributes, but some that we can look to that kind of connect to his uh, his faithfulness, his attribute of faithfulness and see how they work in concert to give us more ammunition uh, to be able to lean on him and fight a good fight in leaning on him and then fight against forgetting his faithfulness. The first attribute we'll go over is God's omniscience. All right. We, some of us have heard that term before, and, and really it just means that God is all-knowing, right? Uh, he knows everything, right? Not everything, everything. He knows all that there is to know. There is no piece of knowledge or information that exists in creation or in the cosmos that is outside of his awareness and not his awareness, but his deep and intricate understanding of it. Everything that exists, he has knowledge of. Had I had knowledge that my week was going to be busy or that I, I could forget, I would have been able to uh, go ahead and avert whatever busyness I had to get my son the gift that I promised I was going to give to him, right? Because I'm not all-knowing, I had no idea that the week was going to be as crazy as it was, it overcame me, and I faltered because I am not omniscient. I don't know what's going to happen. God does. All right, Psalm 139, in case you don't believe me about God's omniscience, says, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up, you understand my thoughts from far away. You observe my travels and my rest. You are aware of all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know all about it. Are y'all with me today? Before a word is on your tongue, God knows, he knows everything about us. You have encircled me. You have placed your hand on me. This wondrous knowledge is beyond me. It is lofty. I am unable to reach it. Job 21 says, can anyone teach uh, God knowledge since he judges the exalted ones? That's a rhetorical question. Obviously, the answer is no. No one can teach God anything because he knows everything. All right? Another, uh, and and it's important that, that we remember that, in order to not forget his faithfulness, to lean on him more is to trust him more because, because he's all-knowing, it bolsters what we think about his faithfulness, all right? Another attribute that ties in is his omnipotence, right? That's just a, a, a little sort of fancy word that just means all-powerful, right? Omni meaning all, uh, uh, potent or potens meaning power. Um, he is referred to in Scripture as the Almighty, all might, right? All power. God is able to do all that he desires to do. When he decrees or plans something, it will come to be um, regardless of what we say or think about it, right? So in, in, in the beginning, right, when God is creating, he says, let there be light, right? Now, light does not exist yet. There is no definition of light. Light doesn't even know what it is, but it comes into existence just because he has the power to say it, right? And so we have to remember that God is powerful, right? Don't, don't, don't skip over that point. It's very important to remember. Um, I think about his power in terms of, I think about his opponents as well, right? I think about um, uh, uh, the Satan, the opposer, approaching God uh, and then asking to touch Job's life for his own reasons, um, and and the idea that that he's an opposer that does this to try to kind of put a tarnish on God or or uh, God's uh, people's faithfulness, he he tries to pull this scheme. Now God does have an opposer. He does have adversaries. He has no rivals. There's no one to rival God. But um, even his opponents understand that they must ask God for permission because he is that powerful. Nothing uh, uh, catches him off guard. Nothing is outside of the realm of his control and power. Nothing can thwart or prevent his plans. He has all power to do whatever he decides to do. God's omnipotence is tied to his faithfulness. Again, had I had the power to be able to maybe stop time or intervene in any other way, uh, I would have probably gotten my son his gift, and I wouldn't have had to hear, but dad, you promised, right? But I am not all-powerful. God is, yes. right? Um, just in case you don't believe me again, let's go to the text. Uh, Jeremiah thirty-two. O Lord God, you yourself made the heavens and earth by your great power and with your outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for you, no. right? Isaiah 44, this is what the Lord, your Redeemer, who formed you from the womb, says, Right. And then God start to start talking about himself, which is dope. Right. He just start bragging on himself. I am the Lord who made everything, who stretched out the heavens by myself, who alone spread out the earth. That's <laughs> that's power. All right. Another attribute that connects to God's faithfulness is his omnipresence. The fact that God is inescapable. Right. He's he's everywhere at once. And we don't want to think about that as just physical time and space. Right, as if God is in the seat and in that seat and, and, and in these physical spaces, which is not that that's untrue, but God exists beyond time and space. Yeah. Right? But you, you can't be confined by one of your own creation. God has created time, He's yeah. created space. He is out, even though He interacts with us in it, He, he is outside and above time and space. Yeah. He is not confined. So, time and space says to us that, well, as time passes, you're going to get older, right? I can't grow locks no more. I used to have some locks, right? Even if I tried to, it ain't gonna work, right? Because our bodies deteriorate. We slow down. God does not slow down, He is not bound by time. He's able to keep His promises and be faithful and trustworthy uh, because He is omnipresent. He's everything, nothing escapes uh, his, his purview. Psalm 139 says, Where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Y'all know the, the scripture. If I go to heaven, right? Where if I go to heaven, all right? If I make my bed in Sheol, right? If I fly on the wings of the dawn and settle down on the western horizon, even there your hand will lead me. Your right hand will hold to me, right? God is everywhere. Uh, uh, 1 Kings 8 says, but will God indeed live on earth, even heaven? The highest heaven cannot contain you, much less this temple I have built. God is omnipresent. Another one, oh man, time. Goodness, God's goodness, right? Because God is good, it ties into his faithfulness. We can trust him. God's decisions are always in line with his character. We would be in a hopeless situation if God was omnipotent but not good, right? If God has all this power, it has no well intention no good intentions, he is not benevolent, he is not giving, he is not merciful, then we have a power. We're we're in a bad situation, right? But because he's good, we can trust his power, which helps us lean on his faithfulness, right? If God is not good and powerful, then we're in a position of fear, right? But because he's good and powerful and because they work in concert, we can lean on him and we can trust him. Psalm 34, 8, taste and see that How happy is the person who takes refuge in him? Another attribute, his truthfulness, all right? We can trust him because he is truthful, right? Y'all know y'all got people that y'all don't want to deal with because they ain't really, (laughs) you know what I mean, right? It ain't that you hate them, you try to be nice and everything, but I can't really bang with them like that because they be be lying, you know, so I don't really want to mess with you like that, right? Uh, This is not God. 1 Samuel 15. Furthermore, the eternal one, one of Israel, does not lie or change his mind, for he is not man who changes his mind. Hebrews 6. Because God wanted to show his unchangeable purposes, right, Uh, and even clearly to the heirs of the promise, he guaranteed it with an oath. Two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, right? God is not a man that he'll lie. God is truthful so we can trust him and rely on his faithfulness, his immutability, Last attribute we'll go over, right? It just means that God is, is unchanging. Yeah. He, he, he stays the same, yes, right? Now, now, some of us, we like a little switch up in our game, right? You know, I don't want to eat Fruit Loops every day. You know what I mean? I, I want a little bit of switch up. You know, I want to, you know, maybe want a little bit of eggs and bacon this day, and then at the oatmeal this day. I want the grits this day with cheese, not sugar. If you eat it with sugar, you, you're a little bit off. But anyway, talk, talk grits about should about be sugar. savory, not sugar. sweet, but... Yeah, <laughs> But just because I want that variety, you don't want that type of switching up in God when you have to rely on somebody. We need his sameness. We need him to be constant and the same, right? That's not boredom. That's trustworthy. He's always going to be sturdy. Malachi 6 says, because I, the Lord, have not changed, you descendants of Jacob have not been destroyed. Right? We must rely on his sameness. God is faithful, and it's our job to remember that. Remember that. God is faithful, and don't you forget it. Right? It's very important. God's job is to be faithful. He even gives us reminders of his faithfulness, but it's up to us to remember. Right, God is not going to to force um, us to remember when he's already given us all the breadcrumbs we need. Remember, I did this. I did that. Look at what Psalm 106 says. Psalm 78, Psalm 105, God has done all these things for the children of Israel. Time and time and time and time time again. God has come through for you time time and time and time and time and time again. And then we forget, and we forget, and we forget, and we forget, and we forget, again and again and again. And it's our job to remember. Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps his gracious covenant loyalty for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. Y'all believe he's faithful? I don't know if all y'all do, so here we go. Psalm 25. Remember, Lord, your compassion and your faithful love. You'll often see in the Psalms that combination of faithful and love. So God is not just loving. He has a faithful love. It's another level. It's levels to it. You understand? So God's faithful love. Remember, Lord, your compassion and your faithful love, for they have existed from antiquity. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my acts of rebellion in keeping with your faithful love. There's that combo again. Remember me because of your goodness, Lord. Y'all believe he's faithful? Yes. I hope you remember it. In case you don't remember, I'll give you another reminder. First Chronicles 16. Give thanks to Lord for he is good. His faithful love, that combo again, endures forever. Right. Do y'all believe that he is faithful? Yes. I still don't hear everybody. So let's go to Exodus 34. The Lord passed in front of him and proclaimed, this is the God himself uh, in front of Moses uh, bragging on himself. He says, the Lord is compassionate and a gracious God. Slow to anger and abounding in faithful love, that combo again, in truth. Maintaining faithful love to a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity, rebellion, and sin. But he will not leave the guilty unpunished, bringing in a father's iniquity on the children and grandchildren to the third and fourth generation. So God is even faithful when he's being punitive or having a discipline. He's faithful with the things that we like. And if we falter, he's going to come through with the consequences as well. You can believe what he said. Right. He ain't going to going to falter in that. Do you all believe he's faithful? All right. I hear a little bit more people, but not everybody. So let's go to first Thessalonians five. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you and co- uh, completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who, uh, he who calls you is faithful. He will do it. He will do it, right? Do y'all believe he's faithful? I think that's almost everybody. How about one more for good measure? Titus 1. Call a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ for the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness in the hope of eternal life that God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. He's faithful. He's faithful. I told you I was going to be on that point for a while, but God is faithful, so I could be there longer, but we got to move because I only got a couple of minutes. Anyway. The next point, the forgetfulness of God's people. Right. Now, this will be short because we ain't got to spend a whole lot of time on us. <laughs> it's very simple. God does all this, and we do one thing, forget. <laughs> God does all this, and we do one thing, we forget. So we ain't going to be here long. We quickly forget God's faithfulness. We are prone to do what the children of Israel did in Psalm 106, 13, soon forget his works. Not forget his works, soon forget his works. This is true of all humans, but sadly, especially true for God's people. When reading the Bible, we can see that it is assumed we are prone to forget God's goodness and his faithfulness. It's baked into how biblical narratives are written and presented to us. God speaks to us and biblical authors speak to us, assuming, baking in that what we do is forget. That's why in Psalm 78, in Psalm 105, in Psalm 106, and in other Psalms, the whole idea whether they're singing a lament or not, is to teach the younger ones the faithfulness of God so that the next generation does not forget. That was the whole point, right? The reason they had to do that or they were instructed to do it is because we forget. God is faithful and then we forget. God is faithful and then we forget. There are consequences to us forgetting God's faithfulness, right? One consequence is we rebel, right? The children of Israel just witnessed 10 miraculous plagues. Uh-huh. 10, mm. right? If you saw the Nile turn to blood, blood. I'd be like, oh, Lord, <laughs> he's not playing. Like, even if I'm in the, the children of Israel, I'd be like, oh, snap, like, he's not playing. Like, he, <laughs> Right? But how often have we seen God come through on what he says, whether we like the result or not? And we still act like he ain't telling the truth, right? So all of these, 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 all these plagues. And then they were freed after 400 years of slavery and still, as soon as they ran into a little bit of headache after they were delivered and after their enemies were swallowed up in the Red Sea, they still soon forgot, right? This is not an indictment on the children of Israel. This is an, an indictment on the people of God, which is us, which is me. Right, so I'm not not just sitting here, uh, uh, a pot calling the kettle black. I'm sitting here saying that we need to remember. Right, right? it's written for us to remember. The the children of Israel witnessed all of this, and still they forgot. Um, Verse seven says, "Our ancestors in Egypt, in 106 Psalm 106, verse seven, in Egypt did not grasp the significance of your wondrous works; it missed them. Right, they they didn't they didn't understand what he had did, and that. That's why we have to sit and pay attention. I sat and talked about earlier, we just run past his resume. Sit, you need to ponder on what he has done, right? And it's before you even get to salvation, right? This is just the, the stuff that he does every moment, right? We have to ponder and, and not uh, forget his wondrous works, right? Um, or remember your many acts of faithful love. Instead, they rebelled by the Red Sea, right? We begin to question God's goodness. That's another consequence, Right, Psalm 106, 24 and 25. They despised the pleasant land and did not believe the promise, they grumbled in their tents and did not listen to the Lord. Man, sometimes I gotta be like, Yo, like I'll tell my kids when they should be grateful. Right, you don't had Chick fil A, you don't had uh, this pizzeria, you had this and this and this. <laughs> A night that, you know, is, uh, my wife is nice in the kitchen, and she cooking, and they get used to fast food. Uh, I, eat, uh, uh. I look at them, and I say, how dare you complain? You've had a choice of food, right? A refrigerator has food in it, and we complain, and we do the same thing with God, yeah. right? So even in, in correcting my kids, I'm like, okay, God, I get it. <laughs> All right, I get it. I get it. Um, another consequence is our relationship with God suffers. Our trust in him wanes when we forget God's faithfulness, right? We begin to offer weak, tepid, disingenuous, and unauthentic prayers, right? We put lids on the prayers. We don't pray like we would like to pray because for whatever reason, we're not sure that he might come through, even though he's already given us every evidence that he'll come through, right? We sit here and we act like God has not given us that CVS receipt that's a million miles long, he has told us and proven to us what he promises and what he'll do, and then we uh, uh, opt not to remember, and then it affects everything. And not only do we put lids on our prayers, sometimes we just cease to pray. When we don't even ask, we don't even petition God, right? Uh, because we don't want, we, we have, we, at least me, I play this psychology out in my head. If I don't ask, I won't be let down, I won't be disappointed, so I'm just not going to ask. Right. When God wants us to do the exact opposite, the exact opposite. Uh, Psalm 106 says, uh, um, 39 to 43 says, they defiled themselves by their actions and prostituted themselves by their deeds. Therefore, the Lord's anger burned against his people and he abhorred his own inheritance. He handed them over to the nations. Those who hated them ruled over them. Their enemies oppressed them and they were subdued under their power. He rescued them many times, but they continued to rebel deliberately and were beaten down by their iniquity. Right? There's consequences to not remembering God's faithfulness. Believers and non believers in here, because maybe not everyone in here is a Christian, understand that you are in the fight of your life as I go on my last point and get ready to wrap up. If you are a believer, if you're redeemed by the blood of Jesus in here, you are in the fight of your life to remember that God is faithful. Everything hinges on you remembering that God is faithful. If you have doubts, skepticism that God is faithful, then everything's in question. If he's promised that you have eternity because of grace through faith in Jesus Christ, and then there's a doubt, that he's faithful to come through on that promise, then your salvation is bumped. You can't rely on anything. If you're a non-believer in here, right, you need to remember that God is faithful, meaning that just because you don't believe that he's faithful does not, mean, does not change the fact that he actually is. So if you opt not to respond to the grace of God and come to Jesus when he's beckoning, then there's a consequence for that, right? We see that in eternity, right? So it's important for all of us to remember that God is faithful. When he promises, he will not falter. He will not uh, fail. Um, It's not a matter of if something will happen. Most of the time, it's just a matter of when, right? God has proven himself to be faithful, all the way back in Genesis 3, the, the, the proto-evangelion, the proto-evangelium, when, when Christ is first uh, given a sneak preview of, right? And then we know that sin is entered the world, and then his heel will be bruised, but the enemy's head will be bruised, yeah. right? All the way up through all of the narratives in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, all the way till we get into the New Covenant, to the announcing and the prophecies of, of Jesus Christ, to his incarnation, to his birth to his life and ministry, to his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and what hasn't happened yet, his return. But if God said it's going to happen, then it's going to happen. His track record has been true all the way through. So if you're in here today and you're doubting God's faithfulness, I have one challenge for you. Just remember, if you need ammo to remember, dig in the book. Just remember, he has given us time and time and time and time of promises and promises and promises. And we forget and we forget and we forget. God forget God is faithful and don't you forget it. God is faithful and don't you forget it. God is faithful and don't you forget it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. You are faithful, 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 you are faithful. faithful. Forgive us for our doubt, for our belief, and for our flat-out forgetting that. Help us to remember God. You've given us all of the tools we need, all of the graces that we need, all of the ammo that we need to fight against forgetting your faithfulness. Help us to remember God. Help us to remember, help us to remember. If there's anyone in here who would like to know this this God that we're talking about and how faithful he is. Hello, this is Dr. Eric Mason, founder and pastor of Epiphany Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in today. Hopefully the word of God was a blessing to you. Also, if you want to help us build the kingdom from Philly and beyond